Welcome to the Marriage Shop Podcast, presented by Catalyst, helping to improve every part of life that matters in every place that matters. In the Marriage Shop, we discuss the work required to build, repair, and maintain a marriage that lasts. I'm Wendy Perry, and I'm joined by my co-host and handsome husband, Dr. Mike Perry. Well, thank you, baby. The pleasure is all mine. We invite you to join us during our live recording of The Marriage Shop on Facebook and YouTube on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. For now, let's get to work in The Marriage Shop. We're Mike and Wendy. This is The Marriage Shop. And tonight we are talking about what? <laughs> Nothing. That's a, it's whenever we try not to be in here too long, it ends up going it's, really it's one of those nights. Yes, yes. So we're talking about um, empty nest, right? And and um, for some people, it, it is not something that they planned for. And maybe they were surprised when their kids left. Um, for some people, um, I, I'll give it three different categories. So there is the empty nest, there is the almost empty nest, and then there is what I will call the yo-yo effect. Mm. You probably get it, right? They leave, they come back, they leave, they come back. Um, and so handling all those things. And by the way, um, all of this and all of these have probably been impacted in some way by COVID and a pandemic. Um, and certainly for us, that was the case. So we were preparing um, and anticipating having an empty nest as of May of 2020. Um, and we have been talking about it, anticipating it. Um, it was bittersweet. We were kind of grieving the, the girls being gone. Um, and then COVID hit um, in late March, April, and that changed all our plans. And our nest, not only was it not empty, but it one that left came back. And um, so, so that kind of put us in a different position. So we're there wasn't a whole lot that we could do. I mean, you you really don't want to act like it's empty until it is. Um, it, it there was this whole process of okay, so now what? Um, and that's why that's what we posted today: empty nest, almost empty nest. Now what? Right, a nest that was empty, and now all of a sudden you got too many fridges out there in the garage. <laughs> what happened? Right, and so it is. Um, it, it can be a challenge, you know, because you. And, and, and really, we're finding some interesting things, you know, certainly I am, in terms of what it's like to think it's going to be empty, then it's not. And then it kind of sort of is, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you, whereas you prepare yourself for certain things, sometimes you, you, you're re-experiencing a lot of things, um, even re-experiencing some of those dynamics that occur in the house. And some of those things that, let's, let's face it, sometimes kids... And if your kids are hearing this, you know, y'all gonna have to y'all just have to explain it away, right? You gotta you gotta just explain what I really mean. But sometimes that conflict with the kids can create some conflict, some conflict internally within yeah. within the marriage, right? And so all of a sudden you got some issue with your team, but it's making you somehow feel less like interacting or engaging with your spouse, or you know, worst case, it's intensifying an argument that you might be having. Maybe there's disagreement, maybe you're you're in some kind of a mood. But there's an effect there that can, you know, revisit and feel real, really familiar. Yeah. And, and as far as raising kids, I mean, many people have shared with us and we know, um, you know, you have said that kids are like, um, what did you say? Not assassins. 
What'd you say? Well, they are the relationship test. <laughs> relationship I, is I, no, <laughs> Yeah, that's yes. what I that's what I said. I mean, I, I said, you know, the word says enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've, I've suggested that kids maybe want to steal, kill, and destroy too. <laughs> that but, relationship. But we're not so, saying that kids are the enemy right. per se. But in terms of your relationship, kids definitely have an impact. So we can start there. So if you if you had children, um, how much of an impact did they have on your marriage? Oh, blocker, she says. Hey, mm-hmm. Maceo. Hey, like, what's up, man? Yes, yes. Wait a minute. Um, did he did he say hello? Yes, or is he like here? She said Maceo said hello. She found him. I know, but it doesn't here? matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, hey. continue. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> So if you had children, how much of an impact on your marriage did those kids have? Um, we, Before we got married, we had um, people that were advising us to wait five years before we had children so that we would have time to enjoy each other. Um, and and that is that advice was not unique to us. I mean, a lot of people um, say that. She said, oh, he's, he's here listening. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people say that, that you if you have kids too soon or... Um, if you're, if you have kids before you get married, that you are somehow cheating that you and your spouse, you and your spouse are being cheated out of really being able to enjoy each other as adults without that additional responsibility. Um, we really can't speak to that either way. I mean, we, we didn't take the advice within a year of being married. Um, we were actually pregnant with our first child and, it went from there. And so we, there's no looking back. Once it's done, it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, but along the way, if you haven't had conversations about either wanting kids or how many kids you want to have or raising kids and how you're going to raise those kids and when you're going to have them and when you're going to have them, mm-hmm. then once they're here, um, you're kind of, um, what's the word? Not it's not it's not building the plane as it's taken off, is it? Is well, that the it, description? Well, in in effect, yeah, you're building the plane while you're flying it through the air. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hey, hey. Antoinette Brunson, hey. glad you could join us. She says we planned and did everything around the boards. Well, see, here's the thing, and and this is not necessarily what tonight is about, but I, mm-hmm. I'll simply say, for for people, and 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 no, you know. No offense if this is the advice that you've given people or maybe it's what you did yourself. You know, the, the idea you wait in, you know, for a time and you can just kind of do your thing and then you have kids because, you know, you're going to be really, you know, you're going to you're going to have your hands full. Um, I think that that some of us don't know or haven't learned how to have kids and live and live a life where you're you're still prioritizing each other and taking care of each other along the way. Because yeah. what we do know is that there are some folks who have kids and then boom, there is no couple yeah. for 20 years, 18 years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you got to ask yourself, like, is it about stopping the process or is it about integrating, you know, this and creating this family and figuring out how you do it? Yeah. And, you know, part of the challenge is the advice, right? So when, when they're, there's good advice or people around that can give you good advice about how to manage that, how to navigate it. It can certainly make it a whole lot easier when you're isolated or maybe away from family or don't have the support. It makes it, it can make it more challenging. Um, One of the things that we committed to was really just trying to integrate the kids into whatever we were doing. So however that could happen, whatever little thing I had to buy so that we could go out and eat and have the kids with us from the very beginning. Um, I did. And, and we did that. And, and, 
we did, we started out that way and we kept doing it. I mean, we had a little chair that hooked onto a table with little disposable mats um, mm -hmm. just to make sure that that um, we were protecting our child, but that we were still able to live our life and not in isolation, yeah. even though we were away from family. Right. And we so, and there was a combination of things. Though. I mean, we did that. You know, we kind of go ahead and integrate them, bring them, bring them on out to dinner or um, you know, being being in military and moving from place to place, um, establishing some strong relationships and discovering there are people that you could trust mm -hmm. and allowing them to help along the way. Um, raising kids is not a solo effort. It's just not a, a, a two person effort. Right. It takes a village for real. And, and, and we actually had a lot of our village. It was it was it was very moving actually on Friday night. To, um, we did a virtual housewarming for Sydney, and it, it was very moving to see all the faces from almost every phase of her life mm -hmm. on the screen. Mm -hmm. And you know, and so there's a lot of things that Zoom has done, but it, it created this this opportunity, at least this idea that you know we we're able to see people in the room, quote unquote, that we wouldn't have been able to see together like that in, in any other um, way. Mm -hmm. And so that was to just kind of take it in and like, man, all these people. I mean, literally, each and every one of them had a hand in who this young lady has become. Yeah. And so we, we couldn't have done that by ourselves. That's true. It took us a while to get there. And, and we know a lot of we have friends. We know people who um, don't trust anybody with their kids and and or make decisions that um, one of them is going to stay home with the kids um, to raise the kids because they don't trust leaving their children with anyone. And, and we certainly um, are not criticizing that it's a choice. But even with that choice, if you make the decision that you don't want to trust or leave your kids with anyone else, um, then know that you're sacrificing something. And, and what we always um, encourage is that you still make time for each other. So even if you're not able to go out or you don't create a date night um, or you're, you're not you don't want to have a babysitter, you can still find ways to have the kids in their rooms or in a playroom or somewhere where they are safe while you and your spouse still enjoy some time alone together. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little bit more challenging, but it still is important because, and, and I mean, I could go on and on, but having the kids in the bed with you, don't start it. Um, because if you start that way, which I don't recommend, especially with infants, because it's very dangerous, but we're not talking about that tonight, but don't start it because they will never leave. I mean, the, the best room and place in the house to be is in the bed between the two of you. And that's not where kids were supposed to be. That's right. Yes. And so the, the word says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, mm -hmm. he won't depart, depart from, from it. it right. right? Well, that kind of starts it up. People think about like what is, what's going to happen when they leave the house. That starts at home. Train up a child to sleep in their own bed. <laughs> and so because when, when he's right, once they start breaking that habit, it's going to be very difficult. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have to break it. So even when it's difficult, trust me, it, it'll hurt your feelings more than it really hurts theirs. But you got to do it. It's but that's really another hard. story. It's really hard it's to really get them hard. to sleep in their own bed or in their own room. Now, we didn't have a problem. Um, we our, our kids never slept in the bed with us. However, 
we did have them in our room and the hardest thing in the world was to put Sydney out of our room. And I mean, it was just pitiful. I mean, once we did, cause she had her own crib, she had her own toddler bed. I mean, so when she was in the crib, it was fine when she couldn't climb out of the crib, but mm -hmm. when she became a toddler and having her in her own room in her bed, it was just, it was heartbreaking because she would just like knock on the door or she would cry. And then one, one morning we got up, we opened the door and she was sleep curled up outside the door. It was just pitiful. It, it was heartbreaking. Yeah. However, it was necessary. Pitiful, heartbreaking. But you know what? <laughs> I don't remember that she was on that floor a second time. <laughs> There's something about sleeping on the floor that'll kind of <laughs> just get, help you to like, you know, figure it out. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and we get it. We know, especially if you're nursing, it's so easy if you have to get up in the middle of the night when you're feeding a baby to just go to sleep um, in, in that position. It's so easy to do that, um, but you shouldn't. And that's for a number of reasons, yeah. because here's the thing. Your bed was meant for two people um, and and it was meant to do two things. And so if sleeping or sex is not the thing that's happening in your bed. Now, I mean, you may lay in a bed and watch TV, but mm -hmm. it was it was designed for two things, that's and it's not a family event. It's not. And if if you're gonna have a family moment, cool, but your space, not their space. Yes. And they and it's important for them to know that as early as possible. Yeah as early as possible. And so so if you were somebody who cohabitated or you had your, your child in the bed <laughs> with you, um, you know, we don't want to criticize you. We don't want to make you feel bad. But I highly, highly, we highly encourage you to start the process of putting them in their own space now. And you can start today. Like mm -hmm. we said, it's painful. It's hard. It's heartbreaking. But you'll be better for it. And so will they. Right. So look. <laughs> it, like, consider this <laughs> rehearsal because there has to be something that is kind of the two of you right mm -hmm. the, the, that's yours mm -hmm. and well, there has to be something that's that's yours and yours only because what happens is children i mean hey, we love them they're ours right but it, it, they will if we allow them to or if we bring them in they will encroach on every moment of your life yes. and over the course of time and years it's important to be able to snatch these small moments this space that's yours it's kind of a sacred space even if you will that's just yours and yours only that you don't have to fight for all the time there's enough fighting to do right and so um whether it be outside of your house or in it there has to be kind of a respite a place and a time that is yours yeah. as a couple yeah and and whether that's time when you're in in the bed or in your room we talked about date nights too dating each other is essential from before you get married throughout your marriage right making that time to spend some time together so alone together is is what we encourage it doesn't necessarily have to be outside of the house mm -hmm. if you've heard us talk before about um setting up a tent in your bedroom or getting creative with um how you i mean you could set up a tent outside you could take it outside and leave the kids inside whatever mm. that is have discussions about it between you and your husband you and your wife have a conversation about how you can get creative about making sure that you're protecting the time that you have mm. together so let's talk about and, lisa's coming yeah and, and make sure your kids know this is yours this is not right it's okay lisa said um we started okay. our marriage with a family so um they've had a profound effect on our marriage
They still do, but we also make ways to capture and value our time alone. It makes us better parents, sets an example for the kids, and helps us focus on each other so that we still like each other after they leave. Yes. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. And and a lot of us, thanks, Lisa, a lot of us don't really give a lot of thought to that. for, For some people, the thought of the kids leaving is heartbreaking. Yeah. I get it, right? And it's just like, oh, no, my baby, you know, your baby... Trust me, there's a point at which your baby is like a grown person. You're like, man, this baby needs to get up out of my house because this grown person is not a baby anymore. That process begins way early. Mm -hmm. But in in these in these small ways, in terms of, you know, what appropriate boundaries look like, Mm -hmm. um, like when when it's time, like if if you're going to like because I think a lot of people will kick it in the bedroom. Right. Maybe the kids in there and they're talking and talking about life and just, you know, laid out across, you know, foot of bed or whatever. But when it's time to go. Yeah. Can, there, there's no quibbling. <laughs> no, <laughs> you got you got to go. You got to go now. You got to go. You don't have to go to your room, but you getting out of mind kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Right? Well, Lisa also came back around and said she would let the kids fall asleep in in their bed, but then Brian would move them immediately. That's her husband. Yeah. But move them immediately. He wasn't having it, and and that's important. I mean, so however however that happens, um, you know, again, it's not so much the about the act of not physically having them in the bed, but it's more about preserving um, the space and the time and the connection between you and your spouse. Um, That is really what we're getting at. And so, you know, so forget about the safety stuff. I could talk about that another time and about really kind of preparing for when they actually leave. But what what really is at the core of it is the connection between you and your spouse. So Mm -hmm. anything, including children, that serves to become a wedge between the two of you got to go. is something that, that <laughs> should not have a space reserved for. That's what yeah. we're getting at. And that includes your children. That also includes pets. And so I know people sometimes get in their feelings about pets and kids being used in the same um, context, but it's true. And, and here's the thing, anything that divides your attention or your affection Um, potentially is causing a wedge between the two of you. And Mm -hmm. so what we sometimes do is we become more comfortable and um, more focused on that child or that baby or that dog um, than we do on our spouse. Mm -hmm. And and it, it, for a number of reasons in terms of what we get back from them, how it's reciprocated, whether or not you feel appreciated. There's so many things that are at play. Mm -hmm. But you have to kind of examine and ask yourself, are you seeking something and exchanging something with your children that should be reserved for the relationship between you and your spouse? Yep. Because under normal circumstances, whatever that is, whatever your reason is, the clock continues to tick. Mm-hmm. Right. And so once it's time for the kids to go, what remains? Right. For some people, they're, you know, the kids are are kind of the the, the glue yeah. that hold them together, that keep them focused on the same things. Mm-hmm. But that that's kind of a it's a natural thing, right? This mm-hmm. this connection, and so that this actually is kind of that's the point in life where um, where kids, you know, begin to begin to understand the boundaries and you know what's okay and what's not with regard to the relationship, mm-hmm. and and that you know your your mom your mom your mother and how that begins to form. Um, is very important, like this part of the, this part of life, actually, yeah. to begin to understand um, what that's about and, and where the boundaries are. And like dad actually is like 
you know, as, as far as a mom goes, that is the end all be all. Yes. <laughs> right. And so <laughs> so it, what, what begins is kind of a, a bit of a rivalry begins. Now, all of a sudden, there's training taking place. Yeah. Right. About how you do it. Right. How mm -hmm. how do I um, have a healthy relationship uh, with someone uh, of the opposite sex? And so it's like, yeah, that's but it's natural. That connection, man, it's 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 very strong. Yeah, it you is, know? it's very strong. And we've talked about that before um, and, and how important it is to also model um, what you want your children to, to follow. Mm -hmm. um, you know what they see because they, they see it all and they're observing our dynamics. And so if if we start to favor mm -hmm. them or their company over our spouse, they see that mm -hmm. if if we take their side or we're, we're always protecting them, they see that too. And they use that. And so, so not that those dynamics are happening um, in your household, but just kind of take it all in because it's part of the process. Y'all know they happen in your house. There is this testing process. <laughs> they test the boundaries mm -hmm. to see how far they can go. And um, truth be told, mm -hmm. when there are things that, um, when there are deficiencies in our connection or our relationship, then our our attentions can be divided. I mean, that mm -hmm. that is just fact. So, Cole, striking this balance between, um, you know, our attention, our energies, our affections, where our focus is, um, striking the balance between your spouse and your kids can be a tricky thing to do. Yeah. Um, and so how then do you start to make sure, how do you start from the beginning to make sure that your affections are not divided? That's probably what I'm getting at. Yeah. How do you do that? I think, you know, how, in fact, how do you even know that you really need to focus on that? Here's one thing, right? When, when there's nothing to do, what are you trying to do then? What do you mean? Well, when you run out of, let's say there's no practice to go to, there's no rehearsal, there's no recital, there's no taekwondo, whatever it is mm -hmm. that you've been spending your time and energy and effort around the kids, none of that's on the schedule. What do you try to put into that space? Mm. Because a lot of people, you know, you know, life's busy, right? And it's difficult to sit still sometimes. Yeah. In your busyness, what are you putting into the into the into the gaps, and what are you even prioritizing? What has to happen? Mm, that's good. Because so, yeah, go ahead. I was, I was just gonna pause for effect. Because if it's <laughs> if you don't find each other in those gaps, I don't know. You might need to make some adjustments. Yeah. Well, we read a book a long time ago, and, and I'm not sure which one it was. So it could be a number of books, but maybe it's something that you've read as well um, that says when you when you go on a date to make sure that you can talk about or make rules around what you talk about, but talk about anything, but not the kids. Mm -hmm. um, we've tried that a few times. That's really hard, Challenge. Um, but it does give you an indication of just how um, how how much of your life and relationship is tied up in your children. And so is that a bad thing? No, we're not saying that that's a bad thing, but you should have other things to talk about. And if, if you find that the ratio between talking about the kids and being focused on the kids is in the 90 to 10 range, 90 on the kids, 10 on your spouse, you might just be a little off, off balance. 
You know, find something else to talk about. <laughs> the kids are gonna have they're gonna find their space. Mm-hmm. You gotta fight to get yours. Because what we're talking about is when the nest is empty. Yes. So we've been in we've had them in the house for like up until this point in the conversation. So now mm-hmm. they're going, and in fact, here this, you know, some of you this year, some some of you launched your kids. Um, we launched another, mm-hmm. and then she boomeranged on back. Um, <laughs> and so whether you've launched or whether your kids have boomeranged back as well. For some mm-hmm. people, they're just sending them off right now. Yes. Right. They got kind of got a one semester grace period. Um, uh, some of some of you are sending your kids off to work, maybe the military. Mm-hmm. And there's something about walking by that empty room. But, you know, at some point that room will be empty, right? What then? That was the title of tonight's talk, wasn't it? Now, now what? <laughs> now what? What then? Same, same, <laughs> right? Now what? Yes. So what can you do? So one thing is to, to establish some of those rules. So thank you, Antoinette. Um, it just kind of co-signing on that when you go out and you're, and you designated some time to just be with each other, um, make every effort to focus on each other. So limit the conversation or make a rule that you won't talk about the kids or you'll mm. only talk about the kids for the first five oh, minutes Wendy. and then nothing after I'm that. Sorry. So that I'm might so- be one thing you could do. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Hold on. I got to slow you down, man. You are like raw. Ice cold. Just, no, I'm just, just saying up. it's I would, helpful. But I want, I want, I want to, and it's it's interesting that I would go here, but whatever. You, if if you sometimes there's going to be that sense of loss, right? And you got to kind of deal with that. There's mm-hmm. a bit of mourning that takes place. Sure. And so you you got to kind you got to deal with that. Well, yeah. Well, right? okay. So I'm talking about when they're still there. So I know we were transitioning to when they're gone. Yeah. But I'm talking about when they're still there. Coming up with that kind of rule that mm-hmm. you that you start to. So we we want to take you from when they're still home to on the way out to when they're gone. So when they're still home and you're dating to start to put some boundaries around how much of your, even your conversation is dominated by your kids. That's mm-hmm. what I'm getting at. Oh, so you, you were moving us to when they're gone. Anticipating them leaving. So yes, um, I see that you dropped in there redecorating and, and redecorating is a great way to plan. However, yes. What? No, go ahead. No, please. However, no, what were you saying? No, I'm like, yeah, redecorate. Right. Yeah. But, be but you you about to say be ready for the for, for the for the um whatever the, yes. the repercussions the, the repercussions oh yes. my I mean maybe that's just our house I don't I, I don't know if I've heard I of that happening know, but I, I I think it has happened somewhere else so yes redecorating so so in in my mind and in my plans um as soon as Sydney was gone you know there there was this we had discussed it actually but she's she then said we didn't <laughs> but there was this progression that once she left that Morgan would then move into her room and then we would move to redecorate the other rooms and anyway we had the discussion however um somehow she says that didn't happen and when she came back um home you know during a school break she was mad, just <laughs> flat out mad. It, it was it was as if we had never had the conversation. Yeah. It was like, welcome back. Your room, not your room. You're over there. Yes. So here, here's the good news. I learned my lesson. And before we took Morgan to Syracuse, I said, um, hey, is it important to you that this room stay the way that you're leaving it? She did. And I was like, 
Who cares what you think? I did, but she and because her response was yes. Yeah, I would like for it to stay this way. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I had mixed feelings about that. I mean, because because Sydney did not come home until it was Thanksgiving break, right? Yeah. Two. So she. she I mean, two hours away. Two. And mm-hmm. So she had many opportunities to come home. Didn't come home till Thanksgiving break. My position is, you know, hey. <laughs> It's been like what three months or whatever, four, three months, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you got your spot mm-hmm. and we have ours. We get to do what we want with our spot. Yeah. Sorry. And if you don't like it, well, you'll be back to your spot in just a week or two. So, peace. Yeah. I mean, that that was my position. So, mm-hmm. I honestly, I just, I, and I get it. I'm not trying to be cold hearted, but seriously, get on my face. <laughs> Well, anyway, but but we take that into consideration. So our approach to that is is a little bit different. That's what happened with us. So redecorating, having a plan to redecorate, I would just say, hey, you know your children, at least have the conversation. So that'd be another one I'd drop in there. Have the conversation with them before they leave, mm-hmm. either to inform them of your plan for their room once they're gone or to solicit whether or not they care if you make any changes. And so is that really kind of relinquishing any power? No, it's not. I think it'll, it will reduce the amount of drama you, you may have, but it also is, is taking care of their feelings, right? Because there's no rush to completely redecorate. I mean, there's some people who before their kids are even gone, they are putting the house up for sale and they are moving to a smaller apartment so that it truly is a one, it is not a revolving door. Once you're gone, you're gone and you can't come back. And so we are certainly now in different times. Um, we, We have generations of our generation and the generations that follow where they don't, they're not always expected to just turn 18 and leave home and never come back. And, mm-hmm. and it's taking a little bit longer for them to establish themselves. And with everything that's happening right now, mm-hmm. it may take a little longer for them to establish you know themselves. What? Hence the yo-yo or boomerang. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we are, we are the problem mm-hmm. because that nice bed is waiting for you. Anytime you want, <laughs> come on back, right? Nah, yeah, no, nope. come, come back. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that's not. That's not my parents' car. We're, we're you know, mm-hmm. no. Call the cops. Stranger danger. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is. It is really important for us to pre- help prepare them to leave. And I and I think part of that process mm-hmm. is, you know, when you leave because because there's an adjustment for us. And 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 it's yeah. funny, right? Because Morgan said she cared a lot. I'm like, you know, I don't know because when we rolled out of New York that time, I mean, she was <laughs> she was pretty solid. I mean. <laughs> Where the tear? I'm gonna need some. Oh, you want your room? I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need a little bit more emotion in this moment. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think it's it's really. That's why mm-hmm. I say the adjustments process is kind of an ongoing thing. Yeah. And, and and I think you're right talking about it and saying, hey, you know what? We're thinking about changing some things. I mean, that's sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, that, that would probably be effective. Yeah. Even though so I'm just it's, like, just so that it's clear, so that you're sending the message that you want to send, mm-hmm. and so that everybody gets a chance to to share their feelings or emotions around it. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised at the things that mm-hmm. that that your children will miss um, about being with you and mm-hmm. in your household. So, um, so we talked about that what what to do on date night before they ever leave or once they're gone, and then we we're talking about redecorating. What do you do with their rooms when they leave? And so. Um, one thing that that you mentioned was preparing them, right? And so how difficult it is when, when your kids are learning to drive, 
um, that's a difficult thing. And you, you've described what that process was mm-hmm. like when you were teaching Sydney to drive and when she drove off on her own that first time. Yeah. Um, those are all different. These are huge milestones in your life. The first time they leave to go away to school or the military or whatever out on their own, it's difficult. And the truth, truth be told, because we're still new to this, it stay it can stay difficult every time that they leave. Um, according to Mike's parents, even now, every time we're on the road, they are concerned about it. They they don't rest until we get to where we're going. And you know, those things don't change. So we've changed up our advice a little bit, and we now tell couples that once you have children, they're your children for life. It's not they're yours till they're 12 or they're yours till they're 18 and they leave. They are your kids for life. So even at 65, that's still your baby. So with that <laughs> said, <laughs> um, okay. you know, talk about so. these things and talk that's about so. how you feel about these things. But we can't oh emphasize enough so. how important that's it so is funny. to continue to communicate. That's, that's an old baby. <laughs> It's still your baby, so. Well, it's. I mean, yeah, I get yeah. you. No, you. So you're, you're right. covering up something with. Um, I'm, I'm, I didn't. No. Oh, so, okay. Yes. So you, do you want to? What do you want? Whether we're leaving them or they're leaving us, it's still challenging. So we, you know, Sydney now has her her first apartment on her own, um, and so she left us. But when we had to leave her and her apartment, it was equally difficult. It it was, Mike described it as being like when we took her to school for the first time. Um, You know, you pray and you hope that everything that you've given them and and poured in over all the years um, manifest, that they're able to make it on their own, that they're able to thrive and be safe and make the right decisions in your absence. Um, That's what all of that first um 16 to 18 years is all about it yep. is about the preparation but it's the preparation for them to leave or for you to leave them and no one matter or the other and no matter what you've done hear me on this all right no matter what you've done or mm-hmm. not done no mm-hmm. matter what you you know you've like rocked it or if you failed there's a, po- a point at which each and every one of us has to own our own life yeah yeah. And your kids, I mean, they have to as well. And so, um, and, and I have to say, I'm, I'm, I am, I'm, I'm getting a little bit better in terms of, okay, man, there's so many things that I wanted to do that I didn't do. Mm-hmm. So many things I feel like I didn't do well. Mm-hmm. And yet my kids have to now take a look at their lives and, and assess, you know what, this piece yeah, this was good. What I got from my parents, maybe this not so much. I want to be able to do it differently. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of us spend that time trying to you know, turn back the clock or trying to fix what we 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 didn't have time to fix. When yeah. it's okay to let them go and figure it out. Remember, the word says train them up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean they won't do it somewhat differently than you did, right? But what it does mean is that they know what the truth is and they know where to find help and they know where their help really comes from. Yeah, yeah. And I think that is, so, is critical. And once they leave, it does, they're leaving you physically, but you're still tethered. You're always and forever going to be connected to your children. So yeah. being physically absent does not mean that you're not connected. But- Kids are gone. So as we continue the conversation, this is about what remains when they leave. Because if you have not been careful, 
to attend to your marriage and pay attention to your spouse and make time for your spouse for all of the years that your children are at home, then when they leave, what you're left with is a stranger. Yep, absolutely. And so how do you, how do you not wake up next to a stranger the day after your kids leave? Yeah. Like what, what are you planting? Mm -hmm. And, and, and I say planting, right? Because there, there's kind of a period of time where you, you put something in the ground, you cover it up, you cultivate it, but you mm -hmm. don't necessarily see what it will produce mm -hmm. for some time. Yeah. Once your kids are gone, then you may actually have a, you know, a look like, you know, live and in color about what it is you planted over those years. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and the truth is, um, whatever you feed grows, right? You've heard that. And, and whatever you prioritize or whatever is important to you, you prioritize. And so as, as you plan out your days and plan out your years, um, because you decided and you chose to be married, your marriage must be a priority. That relationship that you have with your spouse must be a priority, along with many other things. But it requires that you pay attention to it, that you invest in it, that you help it grow. If you are not intentional about doing those things, then just like anything else, it won't be as successful or as healthy or it won't thrive in the way that you want it to. It's also not something that you can push pause on once you have kids and then hit pause again or hit play once the kids are gone. Because guess what? While your kids are growing and changing, so are the two of you. And it becomes so important. And, and so we've heard from a lot of people that now you don't have anything to talk about or you don't have anything in common or you don't enjoy each other's company because you weren't really cultivating that. You weren't feeding that thing for all of those years. So what do you do now? And, and how do you change that? Well, I mean, I would say you might need to take it back to the beginning, right? So we talked a lot and, and we always, we will forever talk about communication in marriage. But from the very beginning, communication and open communication is so important and critical and crucial to having a healthy and strong marriage. Mm -hmm. And so having open communication, you got to come back to that. If you have not been talking to each other for 18 plus years, um, and now it's just the two of you, it might be time to have a conversation. <laughs> it's not time to have a conversation. I mean, it is beyond time to have a conversation about yes. something more than where you're going to take the kids next. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I understand, I get it, but, but I need y'all to really hear me on this one, right? Because a lot of people will even say that they live for their kids. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to be judgy, but no, <laughs> you can't, you, if you live for your kids, then that means, um, what happens at home, right? I mean, what really happens once they kind of launch and, and, and there are several comments, um, you know, from, um, Sue Ann mm -hmm. and, um, who else? Yeah. A couple in terms of kids, you know, really being there and understand when you, when they're your children, when they need you, you you're going to be there. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I can't even really, honestly, from a personal standpoint, speak on what this is going to look like 10, 20 years down the road, 30 mm -hmm. years down the road. Can't really say that. What I do know is 
as much as I appreciate, I kind of appreciated COVID, like kind of bringing, bringing the family back. And I'm like, yeah, I can fix everything that I, that I didn't fix <laughs> or whatever. But we started, um, you know, Sydney's always known that the, the idea is that she go out and figure it out and be independent and all that and, yeah. and try to um, kind of really begin her life. And so as much as I wanted her to just kick it around here, we've been trying to introduce these conversations about what are you going to do? What are your plans? You know, t tell us about how you, you plan the budget, where you're going to live, what's it going to look like? Yeah. So she can kind of envision that and kind of, and know that the tug is not inward. It is outward. We'll always be here, but she has to begin to build and establish the thing, this thing on her own. And we have to now build and establish what our new thing is. <laughs> right. And so yes. be because it is it is now a new thing. This is not Mike and Wendy back in their mid 20s. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. As cool as that was. Right. This <laughs> this is not that. Right. And so now we have to continue to to figure out, you know, what's next for us. But we've always tried to remain connected in some way. Strange sometimes, no question. Yeah. But remaining connected, so that now it's like, okay, where are we going? And and it's funny, I schedule a trip, and doggone it, if Morgan's move out day is not the week of my doggone trip, it's like, please, can you just? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it 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 takes as much as it takes. Um, while, while you were in that season, and this is a season, what we're talking about is a change of season in your life. Um, some, some couples report that the spice in their marriage really didn't begin until they had an empty nest that, mm -hmm. that maybe they started out with a family. And so now they're able to really enjoy each other or walk around naked and, and eat cereal at 2 AM. Um, like we did when we thought we <laughs> Empty nest. That was amazing. <laughs> um, but you know, just do some things and have fun with it, and and do it differently. Um, having fun, um, relearning each other. I mean, dating each other again. And so, again, advice is to always date each other and never stop dating each other. Well, dating each other is yeah, is is the fun of pursuing each other, but it's also that learning and discovery process. And there's a lot of learning and discovery that continues throughout the length and duration of your marriage and your relationship. It is ever evolving. Marriage is dynamic. So you had them, you're planning for it. You start the conversations with them and between you early. And so Justice Smith, even when they're toddlers, start the conversation early. I can recall that Mike has been telling the girls that I'm his since they were old enough to understand what I'm his means, that I'm his first. And, and even though it was light, it, he was serious, but it, it was light and it may have been a jest. And sometimes, you know, he might have like pushed their forehead, whatever it is, um, <laughs> having those conversations often in a way that they could understand and then demonstrating that, right? If, if you're going to hug um, somebody, hug your spouse first and then hug your kids, kiss your spouse first and then kiss your kids, but start to establish those routines and that pattern so that it, you are get, again, modeling and you're setting expectations. Because if there's an expectation that the kid is first and the kid is in there and everybody else waits for that kid or children, um, then you might have some uh, reframing to do. I mean, yeah, look, I think it's important, you know, because you can actually, you can have it all, right? In terms of everybody feeling loved mm -hmm. and appreciated, 
Mm-hmm. You can have it all, you know, but you can have it all without without like, hey, you know, hey, little girl, hey, little boy, it's all about you. Now it's all it's not all about you right now. And you know, I love you. <laughs> Hold on now, mama, daddy, trying to I'm trying to kiss you back up because <laughs> your mama, right? Mm-hmm. Now you come on in, but being able to you can you can love on everybody. Yeah. Right. Um, and not have to sacrifice that. Right. And so, and so I think because, because if you're able to effectively do that, then you're, you're not kind of trying to draw from an empty vessel when, you know, the kids are, are, are out of the house mm-hmm. and you have all these empty rooms. Yeah. Um, you know, hopefully all those empty rooms, you'll, you know, you find a use for them, <laughs> right. <laughs> Together. Um, yeah. whatever that means for you, but <laughs> It's, it's, the world it's, tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, mm-hmm. but y'all know what I mean anyway, yeah, but, yeah. but, but be able to really, mm-hmm. um, establish. And that's why, you know, like there's certain spaces. I remember growing up, mm-hmm. going to my parents' room, especially in, in, in their bathroom. And there were certain places that just felt a little bit odd. Like I knew yeah. that my time in that space was temporary. And I remember even just sitting on mom's bed, kicking it and whatever. But there was always a time where you had, you, it was time to go. And you, I just, just never like kicked the door down and walked in. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm just saying, you know, there, there has to be, because if you make it a practice of preserving something for yourself, it won't be foreign. Yeah. When it's time for the you know, family transition to change. Yeah. Um, I like that Sue Ann said they stopped locking their bedroom door. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's all I will say about that. You know, the, the, the patterns and the behaviors that, that, that you have to be in and the things that you have to be aware of and look out for, especially when your kids are young. I mean, kind of eagerly anticipating getting back to a, a time um, and a space where it is really just open and free and you can enjoy each other. Yeah. And so we've also had people say, well, they enjoy the company of their children more than they enjoy the company of their spouse. So again, I kind of bring you back to, and, and I'll ask you, what is that about and how do you change that? So brother, if that's you, you mean, you better get it together, son. I'm just saying, <laughs> bro, if that's, y'all, if that's you, you know who you are. Yeah. You gotta start working on that. Well, there are many things that you can get fulfillment from, from your children, but there are several things that you cannot, and we don't even need to get into that. You know what I'm talking about. There is a reason why um, you are married to your spouse, and there are things that you share as a married couple that you could never share and enjoy with your children. Mm -hmm. It is so important that you are working on communicating and planning on how you're going to continue to share those things, what that's going to look like, having these conversations regularly and then revisiting. So Mm -hmm. what, what are we saying? Number one, start the dialogue before the kids are gone. Start it as early as you think is appropriate and they can understand, but start the dialogue with your children and with your spouse way before they actually leave. If you didn't do that and they're already gone, start the dialogue now. It is never too late. Um, So number two, finding a balance between me time and we time. So these are some things that we found. Um, Balance between me time and we time. COVID just completely blew that up because while you may have been finding some time to yourself, Um, All of a sudden, we were thrust because of a pandemic into sharing time and space that we had not planned to share. 
we were now seeing our spouse maybe more than we ever desired and for some people or ever anticipated. And it's like, man, we noticed all of the things that they do differently from us. And it's like, why do you do it that way? Um, and there was friction and there's tension and there's all this, you know, discovery. Um, and so now you may be saying, okay, so when the kids are gone, I just want my space. I just want, I want to be able to have some time for me. While that is important, and yes, you should enjoy that, you also should know that you have to balance that time. It, yes, your, your me time is important, but we time is equally as important. Just because it's just the two of you at home doesn't mean you don't have to date. Yep. And by the way, y'all, it's COVID-19. It's not a nuclear fallout. <laughs> Go outside. I'm just saying. <laughs> Go for a walk. <laughs> 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 okay, All so right. this next one, fix problems that you can fix. So apparently, at least according to the research, um, 60 to 70% of issues that arise in a marriage are things that cannot be resolved. Who knew? Um, and so working to get to a place where you recognize, hey, this is not something that can be resolved. It's not that we can't do it because we we find ourselves in that situation all the time. Why can't we do this? What, what is the problem? Um, it's not just that we're failing at it. It's something mm -hmm. that cannot be resolved. So don't spend your time focusing on the things that can't be resolved between you. Focus on that other 20 to 30% that you can resolve and resolve it. What do you think about that? That's good. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> because it's it, honestly, you're in marriage. <clears throat> it, it actually is not about resolving the problem at all. It's about putting it down. It's about grace. It's about getting, I mean, and I don't want to oversimplify, but it's about getting over it. Mm -hmm. Like about throwing it away. Mm. Ultimately, I mean, that's that's really what marriage is about. It's it's, it's not about, you know, we, we talk about compromise. That's fine. What about sacrifice? What about surrender? Mm. That's what marriage really is about, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I don't want to lay it on too heavy for y'all. <laughs> that's the truth. That's good. Yeah. So um, I'll throw this one in there. Remember how to laugh with each other. The fun in your marriage should never leave. And so we get real serious when we become adults. And then we get more serious when we become parents. Most of us, not mm -hmm. all of us. Um, and so then the stresses of life, work, um, and trying to balance family and all of those things can somehow kind of just suck the life out of everything, the enjoyment out of life. Um, but learning how to always have fun or being able to laugh at ourselves or at each other can be really important. And so when you're dating or when your nest is empty, find ways to just be able to enjoy each other and laugh and laugh at each other and mm -hmm. with each other. Yeah. And, and do it away from your kids too. Our kids are way too serious. All of a sudden it's just like, eh, why are you laughing at that? It's like, mind your business, child. Yeah. No, I mean, but they judge everything. But, <laughs> but, but laughter is, um, um, it's great medicine, actually, right? Improve, improves the mood, improves your overall health. It improves your ability to be liked by someone else. And it makes it easier to like someone as well, yes. right? So, lighten up, people. Yeah. And, right. and like sex, it releases endorphins, right? And yep. increases oxytocin. <laughs> we just well, feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when, when we're able to laugh. 
Why? Yeah, no, no, um, Antoinette mm -hmm. um, was saying is um, Serena is hard and don't mm -hmm. know why. Michelle mm -hmm. Wilson said the same here, right? Mm -hmm. And so that, well, it's hard, right? It's hard for everybody. Yeah. However, there's something that happens when you do, because because when you're when you're able to put something down that you've been holding, right? Like legitimately put it down. Not you know I'm mm -hmm. just not going to say anything about it today, but legitimately like forgive and decide that that thing will not be the thing that keeps you separated from your spouse. There's something that happens um, that not only lightens the room, but it all it, it begins to change things in the relationship. It changes the dynamics of the relationship how, and how you all come together, how you forgive, how you argue. Yeah. It changes things, right? And so it is very difficult because you, I mean, trust me, I know, I mean, I'm like, the, I got, I have the trophy out back. It's the grudge king. I, it's, it's a big old, yeah, it's big. It's like a bust of my head. I'm, I'm the king of holding grudges. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. And, so, and it is important. Sorry. Um, it is important to know that when you are unable to let go of things, it absolutely can impact your health, not just your mm -hmm. emotional health, but your physical health. Mm -hmm. um, and that is documented. And so whether or not, um, you know, some of you, many of you know our story and, and I talk about, talked about and have shared about how I smiled all the time. But then at, at that point in our lives, it was difficult for me to smile. And, and if I had never smiled again, then there would have been something that I lost that that was really, truly a part of me. And so grieving that loss um, is, is part of the process, right? But, but choosing to, to step away from or lose something that was such a part of me, um, that would have been a decision. Mm -hmm. and, and I chose not to do that, right? And so, so am I saying it's just as easy as making up your mind and clicking your heels together? No, it takes time, but it is a decision. And, and when you make that decision, and, and we're not just talking about forgiveness here, but when you're making that decision to surrender or to, to let something go or to move on from something, um, you've heard me say this before, when you're holding someone captive to something that they've done, you're also captive. Um, you've heard other people say that too, that forgiveness is, is not just for you, it's for the other person or for the other person, it's also for you. Yet we could get into that and talk about that for probably three days. But what we're talking about here is really being able to fully enjoy your spouse, but to also, as, as Gloria Hamilton said, relief and release yourself, you know, and if you're holding them in bondage, that means that you hold in the keys. If, if you, and, and so how beautiful is it and how much more would you enjoy life if you're able to resolve and, and reconcile at least that it's something that cannot be fixed. You know what? Yeah, and and so and, and because we're talking about like the the emptiness, and we talked about kind of having divided distractions, divided affection, etc. I think that as you think about what life will be like when the kids leave the house, mm -hmm. it's a great time to think about how you clear the air. There are some of you who have, who have been carrying whatever that thing is. You've been carrying it for a long time and don't want to put it down. Mm -hmm. And and so there's something about releasing that thing. And and, and and so this is not about forgetting. That always comes up, right? Well, yeah. you know, you're supposed to forgive and forget that. I don't know who, who even, they put it together because it, it's, it alliterates, y'all. It's two Fs. Somebody's like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> forgive and forget. No, <laughs> right? It's about forgiving 
you how do you know if you've been able to do it effectively you you get off the loop of i gotta remind you you gotta pay i need to hold out i need to put this in your face i need to remind i need to make sure you don't forget mm -hmm. right once you release somebody from the debt from that penalty then you kind of know you're on the road to forgiveness that place you won't forget it's a whole lot lighter and you will revisit yeah less often yeah yeah and and you know we've talked about <clears throat> triggers before too yeah you know it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be things that remind you um or things that come up but but the further you can move from it the easier it is on you um and and again is this about holding it together while the kids are still there. And so then once the kids are gone, there's nothing to hold together. That's only a question that you can answer. Um, what we would say is you have an opportunity to begin that healing now. Um, and, and in order for something to heal, you have to first make a decision that, that you want to heal from it, that you want it to be different, that you believe that it can be better than it is and so that's all part of that process again another conversation another conversation we, we, this is why we're always here so long because we, we get off on we talk about too much there's so much to talk about but um i know because i was talking Way about go, laughing baby. together i know going deep but that is so important so all of those things everything that we've talked about over the last several years that even we've been engaging with you all of those things are just little pieces right it's all about this relationship that you chose to be in, that you find yourself in, that God ordained. And so now you're here, how do you make it work with or without children? So the children are gone, you've talked about it, you've found balance, you've done um, a number of things. I think the last thing I said was to laugh um, and, and remember that, that your husband or your wife should be your friend. Yeah. Um, and hopefully they are. I mean, you know, that that's not true for everybody. I mean, you're my friend. Yeah, you're but, my friend too. Yeah, but I mean, hopefully you can be friends. I don't know, but try to be <laughs> friends. Um, being curious and discovering and learning your spouse again. So maybe you got off track. Maybe some things changed. Maybe you haven't been having the deep conversations you used to have. Now you have an opportunity <clears throat> to do that again. Make time to get to know them again and commit to it. It um, can be fun. Well, maybe you never had deep conversation. Maybe it's always been like, yeah, good, fine. Maybe it's time <laughs> right. to maybe it's time to open that door up and dig a little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe. So and then um I think the, the one of the last things is to um create time and space together. I said that earlier, but in this case, um, being intentional about um, creating rituals or patterns of behavior. So some people will say, you know, always kiss goodnight or um, always hug when you leave each other or make sure you always say I love you, whatever that is for you. If you haven't established any, now you have an opportunity to establish some new ones. Um, and be, make it something that you both agree on. I mean, mm -hmm. there's nothing worse than to have think you think you have a great idea. You're like, oh, we're gonna leave notes for each other, and then you end up being the only one leaving <laughs> notes. Then you get mad because you're not getting notes. Okay, so talk yeah. about it and establish and create some new ways to stay connected and be connected. Yes, we gotta go. We gotta go. It's yeah, time? It, is, it is way. Is it time? Oh, <laughs> oh the people gotta eat their dinner if they haven't already. So. <laughs> Anyway, listen, we appreciate you all. Um, thanks for being here, right? Um, you, whatever your relationship is, whatever the one you want, you can have it, 
um, but it does require a little work. And I think we all have to own the fact that, you know, kids take up a lot of time. Some of your kids have left and they're still taking up a lot of time, right? Whatever that looks like, remember that the marriage is the core relationship that makes everything else go. All this other stuff is attached to a strong or, or the marriage. So if it's a strong marriage, then you will be in a position to pour out when you need to, to retreat when you need to. Okay. But, um, you know, you got to do that together. All right. So, um, I will give it back to Wendy, but nah, <laughs> we go pray and get on out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's pray y'all. Heavenly Father, we just coming to you tonight. Just thanking you for being God. Thanking you for, um, how you bless us. Thanking you for the time that we spent, uh, we just ask God that um, you help us all to remember uh, the power of marriage and what it does. Um, the importance of marriage is this, this small foundational relationship that impacts the entire world and everyone in it. We ask that you help us to grow strong together. Help us to grow co closer to you and allow you to fill in our empty spaces and to repair our broken pieces. Um, we ask you that you help us to trust you more, God, with our children, with our lives, um, with everything that we do. And so we just ask you bless every relationship here, um, every couple, um, bless their homes, bless their families, and I'll be with them in everything that they do. God, we thank you. We love you. And we trust you. We pray these and other blessings in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right, y'all. That's it. Listen, have a great night. We will see you um, next week. <laughs> so love y'all. Y'all take care. All right. And have um, an amazing week. Thank you for joining us today for the Marriage Shop Podcast, brought to you by Catalyst, creating places that people want to work and leaders they want to work for. Learn more at www.connecttomovegrow.com. Catch live recordings of the Marriage Shop on Facebook and YouTube on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern. Follow us on Facebook at The Marriage Shop or go to YouTube, enter The Marriage Shop in the search box, Click that Marriage Shop logo and then subscribe to our channel. Set all your alerts to ensure you know everything that's going on in the Marriage Shop.